Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, welcome to In The Pink, sponsored by Bose. Stay home, stay healthy, stay connected. Something else that we've got to look forward to next year, other than Chaco in a Red Bull, is Mick Schumacher mm. uh, coming onto the grid in a house. How do you feel about your old adversary's son joining Formula One? Well, there's two, there's two ways to look at it. Obviously, um, I wasn't a, big, a particularly big fan of his dad's. <laughs> For whatever reason, you know, Michael was quite hard to love uh, as, a, as a driver. I mean, unless you're a German, uh, you know, he was a God, living God, still is in Germany. Um, but as a competitor, he made life quite difficult. And uh, was, was, he didn't give any kind of hint that, you know, there was... Uh, any love there at all so he's quite a, quite a tough customer um, but obviously the story that's unfolded since he retired and his accident and, and skiing with his son and stuff like that you know it's it's an absolutely awful tragic story and, and it's and it's another one of those um, uh, uplifting stories really that, that, that Mick's come back and, and he wants to be a racing driver and he's clearly talented and I think there'll be a lot of people Wanting to, wanting him to uh, to do well and wanting to see him see his personality. I mean, I, it's a difficult thing. I, I've seen some of his moves. He's someone. Ha, some people have already compared him to Michael uh, in some of his. What do you think? Quite, he's quite aggressive. Well, I only saw a little bit, but he, you know, he defended himself uh, quite vic- vigorously uh, in uh, in Abu Dhabi, didn't he? In the, um, when they were trying to queue up for qualifying and stuff like that. So. Um, you know, he, uh, but he seems like a nice kid. I've met him. He's, um, but these people are competitors naturally. You've met enough of them now. You know, they can have a lovely smiley face, but, you know, you put them in a competition and, and they're turning to killers. So yeah. that's what they're yeah, like. Assassins, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested though in this idea of um, fathers and sons. And I, I wanted to ask you whether you thought you would have been a Formula One driver had it not been for your dad. Well, I honestly think if my dad had lived, I probably would not have been a racing driver. I, I think I was—I would have certainly loved racing bikes, but you know, he probably would have said, "You're not racing bikes." You know, I mean, who would want their, their any of their children to go and race a bike? It, it was, you know, I did it. I didn't have anyone when I was so from the age of fifteen. I had no dad around me to tell me what to do, so I just was a free agent. I did what I liked, and my poor mum was probably a bit anxious about me racing bikes, but. Um, you know, I love I love my bikes. You see, there's a picture of me. I don't know if you can see that one. I'll show, show you that one. Yeah, that is. That's a picture of me when I was a bit younger, riding my bike. No helmet, of course. Um, you know, um, but my dad, he he re- did motocross and stuff. So, 
and my grandma rode a motorbike. So you talk, we're not talking about the influence of, um, you know, genes and, and uh, where it all comes from and, and, and women not getting enough, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, appreciation for their input, then you'd have to say my, my grandma was the first person in our family to really be, to get on motorized vehicles. So she might have produced two world champions. She did produce two world champions. I got a fabulous picture of her with uh, gaunt after the first world war. She's got gauntlets on and jodhpurs. It's like flying, you know, <laughs> you wear those kind of wide trousers and on some old AJS or something like that. And my granddad, my dad's dad, never drove a car at all in his life. So it didn't come from him. That's crazy. But you've got a, a competitive streak in you from your mum as well. She was a yeah. high performing athlete, wasn't she? She was more famous than my dad when they first met. So uh, there's an article with uh, introducing Graham Hill to motorsport. Someone's written an article on this. They said this this chap, Graham Hill, who turned up in the Lotus and he's, he's uh, married to the famous oarswoman, um, Betty Hill, or Betty Shoebrook, as she was then. So she rode for England um, in the eights. And yeah, she was a, a strapping <laughs> a strapping woman. She had you know, plenty of power in her legs and... Uh, and so she was uh, probably one of the that bit of, added a bit of horsepower there. That's great. So, yeah. so just going back to your decision. Well, first of all, to compare your love for two wheels to those of four. You, you, you did make the decision to, to make the switch. But instinctively, did you want to stay on on bikes? Yeah, but it wasn't going to be a career, you know, and I, and I, I was one of these kids, you know, like, like a lot of the drivers you will have spoken to when they got it in their head, they wanted to go racing. They didn't want to do anything else. They had, everything else seemed very dull and, and unattractive. And, and, and so it was racing for me. And I, and I thought, well, if someone's gonna pay for me to you know, get a drive and, and take care of all that and help me get a seat, then, then maybe I shouldn't, um, you know, what's the point of persevering with the bikes? Because it's almost certain you're gonna break your legs and break your, break your arms. I've already got a broken collarbone and a broken wrist but um so yeah it was a kind of pragmatic decision and there was this momentum that built up and someone suggested it to my mum that they could a guy who ran brand's hat said well i can get him in a car let's see what he's like and i sort of half-heartedly went for it and thought oh god what is this what have i got myself into here and i absolutely hated it because i was rubbish and i was lost and i you know and i hated that and so the competitive side of me kicked in and I decided, well, that's enough of that. We've got to set the record straight here. So I, I then put all of my energies into, into turning that around. I, I think I succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> I, think you, I think it's safe to say you did. Uh, but, but like Mick is asked endlessly and before he's even joined the grid, what about the pressure of the surname? How much of a difference does that make? Um. I, I, can I advertise an, another podcaster? Yeah, um, I'd love you to. Because um, there's a great podcast with um, Nico or Nico's podcast, uh, Beyond Victory, with uh, Michael Douglas, who, of course, had got a famous dad. So that's two famous sons talking about the influence of a famous dad. And, um, it's very difficult to say you're aware that people you're identified so you're you're aware of that when you're very young so the moment you go when you're trying to be just like any other kid you're identified as having a famous dad and that can kind of uh, tilt any kind of relationship that you have with anybody because they you don't know whether they're interested in you because your dad's famous or whether 
you know, there's a genuine kind of relationship there. So it gets a bit complicated. Um, but when you go into the same profession, then of course, inevitably there's going to be this unavoidable comparison. It's quite difficult to get it out of other people's heads. And in some ways you have to kind of go, well, it's not going to come out. You know, you're not, you can't control that at all. So it's, it's obvious to everyone that I wore my dad's crash helmet. So I'd already made the decision that I was a continuance, if you like, of the story. I'd carried this thing forward by using the same crash helmet design that he did. So I, I identified with my dad and I saw it as a kind of homage to him or some sort of tribute to him in, in some sense that I was carrying on. Um, and I think that became a, an asset then. I think that people, once they saw I could do well, they started, that started to go in my favor a bit. I mean, Jack never mentioned his dad. You, you couldn't get Jack to comment on, on Jill Villeneuve hardly at all. And um, what do you think well, a different, I mean, his dad died quite, you know, publicly in, um, my son is saying goodbye. One minute, you'll appreciate oh. He's at the window. <laughs> um, is it Ollie? Uh, very excited about Christmas. Is it Oliver? Oliver, yeah, yeah. Oh, bye-bye, yeah, so Oliver. He's got his red, he's got a lovely red coat on. Oh. It's very Christmassy. <laughs> and he's at the window and he's, um, because I know that people listen to this as well, don't they? <laughs> so you can't see him, but there you are. Bye, see you at Christmas. Yeah. How lovely. I want to talk more about Ollie later, actually. Yeah. Because he's a dude. Yes, right. Yeah. You, 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 so, where were we? Um, um, yeah, Jill, so that, Jill and Jack. Yeah, why you think? But your dad died in very public circumstances as well. You know something with, with Jack. You know, um, they used to do these videos. They used to sell. This is in the days before YouTube and stuff. Um, and they used to. It was a series of videos that were just about crashes, and you used to see them playing in pubs and stuff. And they'd show crashes, and you could have been in a bar somewhere. And they would have been showing um, Jill Vernell's accident. Now, um, you know, we recently had the reaction from the drivers in, in uh, sorry, in Bahrain, Sakir Grand Prix, with uh, to Grosjean's accident and and the shock that they felt in seeing it replayed. So um, that that can be quite um, difficult to deal with. I, you can imagine if if Jack's growing up and that's and he was only eight years old when his dad died. So. Um, you know, I think that that was slightly different to my dad in a way. And, um, and he never really got to have any kind of relationship really eight years old. So, um, and, and I shouldn't really be talking about it because it's his story. You know, it's not, it's, it's just, I mean, but having been teammates with him, we never spoke about these things at all. But um, so you'd think there would be some common ground because we both had famous racing driver dads, but um you know, it, you didn't go there. That wasn't part of the, you didn't want to talk about that. So that everyone's different, I guess. You can't, you can't generalize yeah. about these things. No, absolutely. And that, that must have been one of his coping mechanisms. But it is interesting to me how uh, your dad's death and, you know, was able to motivate you and you were able to spurn you on to, and, and you actually said you wouldn't have gone into it had he lived. I mean, that's, mm. that's incredible. I think not. I because th I think he would well his team would have carried on so I, I would have probably been more like Johnny Williams you know <laughs> I mean, like, you know I'd have been uh, very proud 
uh, supporter of the team, maybe got a job with the team or something like that. And um, I don't think I would have had the, the nerve to kind of hey, say, hey, dad, um, what about me, you know? What about me having a go? But then how did you feel? And again, this is tremendous sadness, I would presume. And again, we can't speak on their behalf, but for Mick, not for his dad not to be there yeah. when he joins the grid in Formula One. How, how, how difficult was that for you that, that your dad wasn't there to witness it in person? Well, you know, it's, 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 it's difficult having that event happen to anyone in their life you know so you kind of you, in a way you don't think of it that way you think of it as that's being a that being a separate event i i um would i have liked my dad well my when my son started my other son josh started racing i kind of went through this experience of being the, the dad on the sidelines watching him <laughs> and i did think to myself I, if my dad had been around how difficult would it would it have been for him to not get involved you know, to stand back. Because the moment he would have turned up at a racetrack, all the people that work on your son's car are going to be going, oh, crikey, you know, um, it's Graham Hill. <laughs> I hope we're doing it. We're not going to screw it up. for Because he could be quite an imposing character. I mean, people liked him, but he was also quite, quite a powerful personality. So um, you'd never get any buffer. You'd never get this, this zone where you're kind of, not influencing or he wouldn't have been influencing so i i don't know how it would have worked and do you buy into the theory that most boys spend their lives trying to to get their dad's approval i think that any child wants and needs their parents approval i mean not unquestioning and 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 you know uh and not um uh, in any way you know uh, balanced but when when I got I realized with Josh that you know if I was trying to what I thought was help him he didn't want that because actually what he wanted to do was show me what he could do not have me tell him what I knew and so this is this is where you get into the teaching profession you know and the, the skills of a teacher is to is to let the child um, show them what they're capable of and give them the, the, the feedback they need to, to, to encourage them to, to keep going in that direction. I think it's very difficult to, you, you, you know, what it, like any family, your mother, I know, you know, you, you're very encouraging and supportive uh, person. I've seen that with your children. You give them good, good you know, lots of positive um, feedback in and of themselves, you know, and so they get this, they get this self-confidence that they can kind of plow they can go out in the world and they'll plow through everything. Um, and um, it, it, that was, um, uh, that's something that's very important. I mean, I don't, I don't believe in completely unconditional approval because you get, you can, if you like, get these egomaniac children. Yeah. <laughs> but you need some, you need that at, to, 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 to sustain you in Formula One. You know, you need a lot of uh, confidence, so inner confidence. Someone like Fernando Alonso has not got a glimmer of weakness, has he? I mean, he's just incredible. And Danny Ricardo is obviously very, he's very comfortable with himself. He's, he's a lovely guy, but he's up and he's, you know, and then there's other drivers who, who, who seem a little bit, you know, slightly vulnerable, say the wrong thing or whatever. And they're kind of, you know, you put Lewis in that category a little bit. I yeah. mean, you know, he's, um, so, but he's got this incredible talent. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of overcomes all of that. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, how do we get onto them? Um, well, no, I think we're talking about the, yeah. the father-son thing. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. and, and mother-son and mother-daughter and father-daughter, but it's a really interesting dynamic between father and son. And I, and I always wonder, this whole nature-nurture thing as well, if you're growing up as the son of a world champion, whether you instinctively are drawn to that because that's all you've known around you, or whether you do have an innate talent because you've inherited it from yeah. your parent. Um, and, and equally, you might go a completely different direction, but feel as if you're you're kind of swimming upstream a bit that actually it might be easier to go the same route as your yeah. father and then again the flip side of that all is 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 the dads who then live vicariously through yeah. their sons and you could argue yeah. that about Lance and Lawrence Stroll or yeah. um, Nikita Mazepan and his dad because you yeah. know, they've actually bought teams they've invested so yeah. heavily in their sons future yeah. for it to play out it's just a fan fascinating dynamic uh, it is it is a difficult question these days. I think you know because uh, clearly it was a lot simpler. I think when my dad was racing because most most of the guys who raced did it against their parents' wishes. They literally, if you look back, and the Louders, uh, the Hunts, the Stewarts, you know, their parents didn't want them to do it. They wouldn't talk to them. They they you know they so they were furious that they'd gone off and and done whatever they wanted to do. Now you have the opposite where you have you know guys. Dad's saying, do you know how much I spent on your go-kart? And, uh, you know, and you're standing around here in the peeing rain. You bloody get out there and win it, you know. And, um, and these kids are kind of working for their dads, you know. You know. So, it's, so it's very, you know, you have to be sure it's them who want it. They, they're driving it. Thanks so much for listening to In The Pink. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast you've listened to so far. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Check out our Instagram page at in underscore the underscore pink and you get all the details there about how you can win some of those Bose noise cancelling headphones and join the community we're all talking about the various guests that we've had on the podcast and who we'd like to see and hear in the next few weeks so thank you for joining us stay with us stay healthy stay home stay connected with Bose planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 